0: Hey everyone, it's Hamish from the Young Investors Podcast. Myself and Brandon are excited to bring you your weekly rundown of the latest business and investing news from around the world. Now, a quick reminder before we get into the podcast is that nothing in this podcast should be taken on as personal financial advice. If you're ever unsure about your finances or investing, make sure you reach out to a qualified financial advisor. But with that said, let's get into another episode of the Young Investors Podcast.
1: Hi guys, welcome back to yet another episode of the Young Investors Podcast. Hamish, Potter, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm still sick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're still sick.
0: Yeah, still sick from the last episode. Classic. Um, <laughs>
1: from the and you will be for the next one and the one after that yeah i have have
0: a feeling i have have a feeling yeah no i'm doing good how are you
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm I'm good mate what's been going on in your world how's lucy going actually how's she how's she traveling
0: she's good the people want to know yeah 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 this is more important than um than getting to the episode yeah uh she's good she's good she's been recovering faster than than like expected so um She'll she'll probably be pretty much back to pretty much back in action in maybe like three or four weeks, Um, which is uh, not too long. So, yeah.
1: What do you have to do? So, does she have to do like doggy physio or is she allowed to like walk around on it yet? Is she allowed out of the crate? Like, how does it all work?
0: Yeah. Well, at the moment she's kind of confined to like a very small pen and then we just do, we're just kind of ramping up walking uh, kind of every week, doing a little bit more. Um, cause the thing is like right. they, they, they get into like the habit of just hopping around on three legs cause they can do it really, really well. So you have to really kind of retrain them to use the leg, <laughs> um, which is, it's, right. it's kind of funny to see. like, if you just let her go at her pace, she'll just hop on three legs. Like she's very comfortable doing it. So you have to slow her down, hold it, make sure she actually uses all four legs. Um, which is, right. it's kind of funny, but yeah, so we've just been ramping that up, but she's, yeah, she's been doing good now. Um, so yeah. That's good.
1: Hmm. I'm glad. That's good. I'm. Um, it's a good update. All right, team. What are we talking about today? Today, uh, we get so many questions that are kind of all related. They're all slightly different. You know, what books do we read? What books do you recommend? What podcasts do you follow? What Where do you get your information? What, you know, news sites do you or what websites do you use for data? You know, where do you find this? Where do you find that? So, I thought, in this episode, we're going to we're literally devoting the whole episode to just talking through all of the investing resources that we use. So we'll yeah. go through all of it, yeah. um, and hopefully, this will be a good episode for anyone that's uh, kind of wondering, or maybe we can direct people back to this episode in the future. Um, so I thought, yeah, we would literally talk about some books, some podcasts, some news sites, like all of it. You know where we do our analysis, where we do our numbers, where we find other information, if there are any niche places that we specifically look at, which other people maybe don't, um, that's really what this episode is going to be about. So, um, Hmm. hopefully you guys enjoy it. And I think the the first thing I wanted to go through, because this pops up the most, I know we have answered this on the podcast before, but we'll go over it again. You are brand new to investing, Hamish. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at getting started and you know that there's a lot of investing books out there, um, but you just don't know where to start. Yeah. In your opinion, if you're just wanting to learn about investing, what books would you push people towards? Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good question. and I think um, there's a couple of books that always come to mind and I don't know if these are maybe the easiest books for like the first book that you should buy if, if you're getting started, but there's certainly right. ones that I would put... I would like front load these if you uh, want to, these are the books that I've probably gotten the most value out of, I would say. Um,
1: Right. Okay. uh,
0: The first is the essays of Warren Buffett, which is, it's a book, but it really is kind of a collection of uh, some of the main uh, investing principles that Buffett has has spoken about in his annual letters to the shareholders. So you can obviously go and read, we'll probably talk about this. You can go and read the Berkshire Hathaway shareholder letters going back to 1964 or something like that. Um, but if you do that, you're reading, obviously, in chronological order, you're getting a lot of um, information specific to each year and what's going on in the markets, as Buffett kind of likes to talk about as well. Whereas in the essays of Warren Buffett, his principles have kind of been categorized by uh, by investing principles. So, like, the, there's like a section on everything he said on management, you know, going back over the last 50 years. And then there's a section on valuation or margin of safety. Um or competitive advantages, economic modes. And that's actually a really valuable way to get insights into what Buffett has said over the, over the decades, um, but actually categorized by each kind of investing principle, each pillar that's really important to understand. So, I would say mm. there's probably some stuff in that book that if, if it was the first investing book that you read, you know, some of the stuff might kind of go over your head. Um, but it's certainly, it's probably that. And then just reading the Berkshire letters is probably where I've gotten the most value in terms of um, refining what's important when you're looking at a particular business. That's what I would say.
1: Yeah. Well, I've got a good one for if you are just straight up a new investor and you wanting to learn the Warren Buffett kind of approach, I definitely, and you guys have heard this a million times before, I recommend Phil Towns books, specifically rule one is the OG. And that's the one that I like the best because it really steps you through those four pillars of the Warren Buffett strategy. Um, You know, understanding the business, then going on to check for a competitive advantage, going on to check the management team, uh, whether they're operating with skill and integrity. And then it even goes through some valuation as well. Um, and kind of principles of how to think about all of this stuff. So I definitely recommend that. If you want something that's a little bit more updated, uh, he wrote a book with his daughter, Danielle Town, which is called Invested. Um, That is, you can kind of tell half of it's, technically Danielle wrote it, but you can definitely tell that a lot of it is just Phil. And that's more of a, I think that book was released a few years ago now, but that's more of an updated two thousand whatever it was, 2020-ish version of of Rule 1. So if if you are new and you're wanting to get started on this value investing pathway, those are definitely uh, good books to read.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'll I'll go all the way at the other end of the timeline now. Uh, The oldest book you could probably find on on investing, the Intelligent Investor, um, that it's kind of been renowned as uh, the the Bible of value investing. It's the book. uh, It's it's the book that that Buffett um, praises a lot for for building his core um, philosophies. It's written by Benjamin Graham, who was uh, Buffett's uh, university lecturer um, and teacher at Columbia uh and the book is it has a lot of outdated components and there's a lot of stuff in there that's very complex but there are certain chapters that I think are really, really valuable and they're really well read. The first chapter is in, is incredibly good at just kind of getting a good understanding of what it is we're actually trying to do when we're investing. There's a chapter towards the end um, called Margin of Safety, which is is just a fantastic explanation of, of buying businesses for less than they're worth and why that's important and how to how to do that. And there's chapters in between that are incredible as well. so um, that's a that's a that's certainly I wouldn't say it's a starter out book. Um, but um again, mm. it's definitely one of those key books that you want to read if you especially if you want to be a value investor.
1: One of the best chapters out of that book, I think, is the one where he talks when Ben where Ben Graham talks about Mr. Market mm. and that analogy. That was so good when when you learn when you start to think about the stock market like a neighbor over the back fence that's manic depressive as you know some days trying to buy your house from you of like or sell his house to you for peanuts and other times he wants like five million dollars for it yeah. and thinking about that being like the stock market that's that's a really really good chapter yeah. um it's a great analogy and it gets used all the time still to this day that analogy of mr market when you hear that on cnbc you know they're referring to ben graham yeah um, okay, one uh, the next one I'll recommend. Again, it's more of a beginner's book, um, but it gets you G'd up so much for investing, Hamish. It really <laughs> does. Uh, that is One Up on Wall Street uh, mm. by Peter Lynch. and This is really good because uh, Peter Lynch literally does. He, he tells you the the kind of secret to getting one up on Wall Street. He tells you why um, you as an individual have advantages over the money managers over on Wall Street and how you can actually outperform. Um, and yeah, it's a really good book. It you know it teaches you how to find great businesses for you, how to understand the business, what you need to look for in a business. Um, and it also touches a lot on psychology because investing really, it's like... It's like 10% skill, if that, right? It's, you, you don't, you don't need to be a genius to be a good investor. You, you really do. Just, it's 90% psychology. It's all about the temperament. And yep. uh, and Peter Lynch goes through and, and really debunks some myths and really talks about the psychology of investing uh, in that book. And it's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, pretty much everybody that I've spoken to has read that book and has really, really enjoyed it and has got a lot out of it. So yeah. I definitely recommend One Up on Wall Street. Yeah, Peter Lynch is just great, isn't he? He's he's just such a character
0: even he's in hilarious. his interviews as well. He's just so sharp and and yeah, you're right. I think uh, you know, a large part a very large part of investing is just understanding how markets work and who it is that's on the other side of the trades that you're making. Um and uh yeah, yeah, th- those are some really important lessons. Uh the next book that I will say.
1: Wow, Those <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> he's so good uh, taking
1: us back this is an inside joke from me and Hamish <laughs> oh, back boy. when we were at Berkshire Hathaway last year that's that when the most recent Peter Lynch interview right. had just come out and you know he's aging now he's still sharp but he, he's aging yeah and <laughs> just some of the some of his phrases out of that um, wow yeah. those winks yeah he's a he's a funny guy <laughs>
0: you, 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 you'll definitely laugh watching some of his interviews so that's for sure <laughs> yeah
1: all right, Amish, what's next?
0: Um, yeah, the next one I put here is a book that I've kind of, uh, I, I think I came across it maybe two or so years ago. And it's a book that I rave to everybody about now because I think it is so valuable, especially if you're you're being a value investor, you're picking individual companies. It's a book called Seven Powers by uh, Hamilton Helmer. Uh, and it basically goes through, well, what he calls seven powers, but they're really seven competitive advantages, seven types of economic moats as, as Warren Buffer would call it. Um, so basically teaches you, uh, a bunch of different, uh, models. Uh, so businesses that have, uh, economies of scale or a network effect or the, how they've built a brand. Uh, it'll teach you, you know, what these are and kind of how to identify them. And then also just kind of instill this overall idea that you want to look for companies that not only have some kind of advantage, but they also have a barrier. So it's like this idea of advantage, some kind of benefit from some attribute that they have, but also a barrier that protects competition from from stealing it away. Because you'll see a lot of companies develop some kind of unique product, something interesting, something that customers desire. But And they'll have success for a few years, uh, but there's no barrier. So over time, competition gets them. And I think that kind of mental, just that, uh, that principle of, of not only looking for companies that have something great, uh, but can protect it for a very long time, I think is extremely valuable and it's, it's laid out really well um, in that book. So uh, highly recommend for, again, yeah, for
1: specifically for kind of value investors. Yeah, nice. And then from there, the last one that I've got is The Dando Investor by Monish Prabri. This is a really good book because it teaches you how to think about investing. So the classic phrase out of that book, which you might've heard is, heads I win, tails I don't lose much. And Monish Prabri's approach to value investing is very much finding that like there's never no risk. There's never no risk in investing. That's a given, but it's finding those situations where you flip a coin. Heads, you win big. Tails, you lose, but you don't lose much. So it talks about kind of valuation in that aspect as well. He goes through the discounted cash flow analysis. He talks about margin of safety as well. It's a really good book. Um, it's an easy read too. It won't take you very long to read that one. Um, in fact. All three of my books are pretty easy reads. They won't take you very long to read. Um, But yeah, The Dando Investor, I really, really liked it. Uh, And I actually find myself going back to it, probably more so than the other books, which is interesting. Um, Yeah. All right. Uh, So they are overall three books each. So six books to to kind of get you guys on the right path if, if you're someone looking to get more into this approach of investing that we follow. Um, but maybe don't know where to start. The next thing I want to talk to you about, everybody asks us, what podcasts do you listen to? Um And this is an interesting one because I think we kind of both have the same answer on this. So, yeah. so Hamish, when it comes to investing, are there any podcasts that you regularly listen to?
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of funny. I don't think... I, I'm trying to remember the last time that I listened to a specific investing podcast kind of week by week. So it's just not something that I've, that, that I do. Um, maybe I've just not come across one that I, I that I, you know, I, I can get a lot of value out of every single week, but what I tend to enjoy doing instead, I still kind of go through podcasts, but what I do instead is I kind of seek out people that I want to hear from and then just find interviews or podcasts from them across you know, all, all of the interviews and podcasts that they've done maybe over the last couple of years. And that's generally what I'll do. So maybe I'm, uh, you know, really interested in Howard Marks or something for a, for a period of time. Uh, I will just pull up YouTube or Spotify and I'll just try and find every single time that he's spoken on a podcast at length. And then I will just listen to them. And that, that's kind of the way that I listen to podcasts. I don't tend to kind of tune into a regular podcast week by week. Um, so mm. that's, that's, that's really uh, what I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I'm the same. And I think the reason is because the investors that we really like to learn from, they're too busy investing. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they're not like Warren Buffett's not starting a podcast. That's like, true. <laughs> <laughs> he'll go on. a And so I think I, I, I'm the same as you, Hamish. When these big investors appear on other people's podcasts, you definitely tune in and listen. Um, and you know, I guess the closest thing is like Monish Pabrai. He he regularly puts content out on his YouTube channel. I know it's not a podcast and I, I subscribe to his YouTube channel and I follow him on there. But yeah. generally speaking, these investors don't produce regular content because they're just investing. That's like what their job is. I don't really follow any investing podcasts. I was listening to uh, the episodes of Tom's investing podcast, but he doesn't, uh, he's not making content anymore. Um, the only other one that I've I've listened to is a podcast by The Economist, uh, which is called The World in Brief, which is pretty much all of the major news stories, day by day, uh, all of the major news stories around the world summarized into about four minutes. So it's literally a four-minute podcast. Yep. And I used to listen to that on the tram, on the way to work every morning. Um, so I just get up to speed if there's anything crazy going on. And it's The Economist, so it's, we're talking about business, stock market, that kind of stuff. Yeah, It's not... You know, not going to be, oh, my God, Taylor Swift arrived in Melbourne, <laughs> you know. Um, however, the annoying thing is it's now changed to subscriber only, so you do have to pay for it now. Right. Um, other one, Diary of a CEO is a great podcast, but it's not really investing. It's more like business, life, you know, just experts on different topics go to his podcast. Mm. The, uh, um, the
0: the other thing I, yeah. I just remembered I will add is uh, – Uh, often the authors of some of these books that we, that we read will go and do a bunch of podcasts when they're kind of promoting their book. And those podcasts can be really valuable at even getting more out of the book that you've just read. Um, so Hamilton Helmer, for example, he did a good, uh, he did a great interview on, uh, the investor network. Is that what it's called? The investor podcast network um i think so, he, so yeah. i think he did an hour an hour and a half <clears throat> hour and a half and he goes into even more detail uh, on the the seven powers so that's another kind of uh, way that I, I i listen to podcasts is is you know finding the authors and and what else they've had to say on the topics
1: that they wrote about yeah nice um all right moving on let's now talk about where so they're kind of what we the books we like to read the podcast we listen to. Let's talk about where we source our information. A lot of people ask us for, even for this podcast, what what news sites are you looking at? You know, where you're trying to keep updated with what's going on in the stock market generally. Um where do you go to find your information, Hamish?
0: Um yes, I mean in terms of news sites, recently it's probably mostly been the Wall Street Journal, um CNBC for sure. Um But uh, I I recently uh, splurged on a uh, subscription for the Wall Street Journal. And I do like a lot of their... Um, I like a lot of their analysis. I think they do a lot of, especially around economic analysis, which I know doesn't really you know, have much uh, inference on, on, uh, on our investing, but it's, it's something I'm interested in. Um, they tend to have really good uh, analysis and they have interesting sources of information so you can read through an article and, and, and they'll, they'll cite some source and then you can go and look at the data um, you know, specifically as well. So I would say the Wall Street Journal is probably the main place that I go for news, just kind of general and company news. Uh, in terms of, uh, keeping up to date with companies, Seeking Alpha's, uh, kind of analysis, uh, pages often have a lot of really good stuff. So, you know, if I'm following a a bunch of companies on a watch list, uh, you can go and just see people who have written their own analysis, um, on, um, on particular companies, whether they think it's a sell or a buy. Um, and there's often little nuggets that you just wouldn't have found otherwise um, that people ha- who have been also analyzing and researching mm. that company have have found. Um, so that's also mm. also another place.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Um, CNBC, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg. I have a Bloomberg, Bloomberg subscription. So that's quite helpful because they just... They have a lot, especially when we're looking at, um, if you need a certain article or reference for a particular story on a particular thing, then normally Bloomberg just has so much stuff that, um, sometimes I find that quite useful. Um, I do. Yeah. I, I do also read Seeking Alpha analysis. I was reading one just yesterday for a video that I'm making. Um, and they, they are pretty good. Actually. I always get, a little bit worried about user-generated content, you know. Like, yeah,
0: I mean, of course, you know, if you if you read some fact, you just don't take it as gospel. You've got to go and fact-check it, right? Yeah. Uh, and go and make sure that that's actually but that's, true. But uh, it, it can be a good idea, good good place to like farm ideas, um, in some yeah, in some ways.
1: But that's the second half. Of what I was going to say there is that I have actually found. The stuff on Seeking Alpha to be written by really smart people, mm, yeah. <laughs> and like actually, like of course you check everything, but generally speaking, they are accurate. Um, and then from there, the uh, the only other place I kind of get my news from is is funnily enough YouTube. Mm. Like you just see, I see a lot of stock market news clips popping up, but then again, that is generally from your news sites, so you could probably just look at the news sites as well. Um, but yeah, YouTube's always a, a, a good place to get a, a, a lot of varied opinions on a particular topic. Yeah. All right, Hamish. So that, that's that's where that's how we get our news. Um, what about websites or, or resources that we use when it comes to actually getting down to business and and crunching numbers and doing analysis? Are there any maybe websites that help you shortcut certain steps? Uh, are there any subscriptions you pay for for charting or, or anything like that like yeah. w- what sort of websites do you log on to to help your investing process
0: yeah i think the site that i definitely use by far more than anything else is ticker or ticker terminal um and th- okay. th- there's another site called QuickFS, which is basically does the the same thing and i, I think it's still free as well um, whereas ticker is a is a subscription. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a f- fantastic place for just getting all of the uh, financial statements and uh, uh, all of the latest um, data for any particular company. They cover most global companies um, and they calculate a bunch of valuation ratios and, and return on equity and return on capital and debt ratios. They do all of it for you, which is really nice. And then you can just look at it that you can put together charts and, and everything. And it's, it makes breaking down and analyzing the financial statements a lot easier but even beyond that, I would just say probably most of the data I get is just purely like just directly from the annual reports for particular companies. Because um, usually uh, usually I'll already have an idea of which companies I want to be looking at, which areas, like which industries I'm interested in. And so I just go directly to the annual reports to get as much kind of direct data on um, particular companies and particular industries. Um, but yeah, sites so like mm. QuickFS and, and Ticker are really good at um, uh, yeah, making it easy to have a quick look um, at, a, at a company's financials. Yep.
1: Um, what about me? What do I use? I, I use QuickFS sometimes if I just need like to quickly look. <laughs> it's in the name. Uh, you just get all the financial statement data just laid out for you. I generally speaking, if I'm doing actual analysis, I'll log on to uh, Seeking Alpha because uh, I have the premium subscription. So you get like 10 years of financial data. It's all, it's all very nicely set out. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably going to be comparable to what you use with Ticker, Yeah. Um, my, my guess would be. So that's kind of where I do a lot of number crunching. Uh, as funny as it is, like... There are so many websites to help you shortcut the process, but I kind of like not shortcutting it and being very analog. So like getting out an Excel spreadsheet and punching in the numbers myself, um, like what you say, going to the annual reports, looking at the numbers, looking at the tables, looking at the charts and kind of doing your own research that way. Because I find personally for me, when I start shortcutting, I get to the end and I'm not quite as sure about things as I should be in my own head. So yeah. going through that very analog, like doing it myself kind of analysis definitely cements the knowledge in my head a lot more, which makes me overall make better investments. Yeah. Uh, might take longer, but that works better for me. Uh, the only other thing I was going to say, the sites that I use are for 13F filings, of course. So Data Roma, Whale Wisdom. Yeah. We spoke about that in our last episode. Um, so check that one out if you haven't done so already. But Rama Wild well, Wisdom for 13S if you want to track the portfolios of the world's super investors. Um, yeah. Okay. With that said, the last thing I wanted to cover in this um, video or this podcast is anything else. So anything that doesn't quite fit the bill of what we've already spoken about. Are there any niche resources, niche places that you just go to find specific things mm. or, or things that are... I don't know, more just like maybe most people wouldn't bother, but you tend to like looking at these things? Is there is there anything niche like that?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think if, if we're talking about kind of business analysis, uh, one thing I really have gotten, uh, I found really interesting is if you're looking at a particular company and you go through their investor presentations, they'll often put together some sort of industry data and they'll often, usually they'll cite the the research company that they've gotten that data from and sometimes it's data that's available for free so sometimes that can be you can kind of use that source and just go direct to the source as a part of your analysis um Mm. so like i look at the rv industry for example in the us and there's a website that they get all of their data from rvia.org and it's just an industry research just just you know a public organization um And it's a, I guess it's kind of a niche uh, place that you can I I go to to get uh, industry data on the on the um, RV industry. Um, Besides that, uh, kind of stepping out of I guess the the value investing realm, I would say uh, I tend to like reading through kind of the memos of of some of these investors who sometimes uh, you know people like Howard Marks or. Ray Dalio, they put out these kind of monthly or weekly memos, uh, and but that's more just for fun. Like that's just more to kind of because I'm interested in understanding what's going on in the economy and you know how like the economic machine works, as as Ray Dalio would say. That you know what's said in those memos doesn't really play too much of a role, if any, on my investing. But I find it really interesting um, to to keep up to date with that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, even just like reading through an FOMC report of what they're doing with interest rates. So it uh, yeah. doesn't matter with what we do with our investing interest rates. They don't in, impact what we buy and what we sell, but you know, that's just something that I find myself doing. I, I read through some of the reports sometimes of what the, what they say. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Like some of Ray Dalio's posts, he goes into on LinkedIn. He just goes into so <laughs> much detail. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, if you want a really good macro, uh, analysis, then you can just kind of keep up with what he says on LinkedIn. Uh, Obviously, Buffett's annual letters. Hamish, you kind of already spoke about it with the essays of Warren Buffett, yeah. but you know, every year we get to, you know 10, 15 page gem of a letter from Warren Buffett teaching us kind of what he's thinking at the current time. So that's kind of a niche place where you can definitely get a lot of information. Um, but that, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much all I can think of. Um, yeah, the, most of it just comes out of company filings as boring as that is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like that's where the information is. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it's not always a bad thing. I think it's often a good thing to go just direct to the source. Um, and, uh, I mean, especially the way that I go about investing, I tend to think about which industries I want to research first and then, uh, kind of look at companies rather than kind of filtering for. By any kind of value metrics or anything like that, I tend to already know the areas that I'm interested in and that I want to go into. So it just mm-hmm. makes sense to then just pull up the annual reports of all of the big companies in those industries and and learn about why they're doing good, why they're not doing good, and and just develop a deeper understanding of this that particular space. Um, so that's that's yeah, that's probably where I spend yeah most of my time at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, nice. All right. That was good. I think that's pretty much all we can add. That's like that's where we get our information from. Yep. Hopefully, that answers many questions that um, that we get for the podcast. Um, hopefully, you guys got something out of that. Um, definitely let us know like if you're watching on YouTube let us know down in the comments what are some really good resources let's help each other out let's build this list of resources that um, that can help speed or, or improve our investing, investing process but apart from that Hamish thank you very much for joining me no as worries. always hopefully you guys enjoyed that and we will see you guys very very soon see you guys see you in the next one